I think many leaders might know, theoretically, that health is correlated with performance. But the business world is so used to sort of not take action on that. Hi, and welcome to Bridging the Gap with me, your host, Charles Basil. As global VP of marketing at the Absolute Company, I'm in constant search for new insights and different perspectives. I really want to bridge gaps and help connect people. And one good way of doing that is to talk to people who have expert knowledge in areas that I know I come short in. So to get a discussion going on the opportunities that may arise, where we can close gaps. And for this, my sixth episode, I'm talking to a man of many talents, is a real entrepreneur with full focus on sustainable performance and well-being. Thank you, and a, and a really warm welcome to Magnus Jungman, who is CEO and co-founder of Nudge Labs. So Magnus, I'm just going to read off the, your biography here, but I mean, quite an impressive one. A Swedish entrepreneur who studied at UCLA and Handelshochschulen, if I got that correct, in Stockholm. You later joined McKinsey. You worked as an engagement manager for a couple of years. And then after leaving McKinsey, you moved on to becoming managing director at healthcare startup Health Navigator. You founded the digital health company Doctrine uh, that was serving 3 million people across Europe. But uh, more recently, you founded Nudge Labs in 2020. And there's a whole bunch of questions I have for you, Magnus, but a real warm welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. What I understood was that when you started Nudge Labs, um, part of that was actually out of the fact that you realized you had been working too much, on, the, particularly when you were CEO in a CEO role. Um, maybe you can tell me a little bit about that, because I think that's going to really get us going, Magnus. Like, what happened? No, perfect. Um, yeah, so I think backing up like two years, three years, I had, uh, was living in London, was working in healthcare, I had a, and had a life crisis for the, for the first time, I realized that I had been really motivated by money and career and realized that that didn't really make me happy. Not that I had much money. I just realized the little that I got didn't really make me happy. So I started to, you know, a little bit of a crisis, like what should I do? Reflected after six months, I think I came to the realization that I need to do something that improves the world. So what, what is important? What did I think was important in the world? The environment, healthcare, education. But healthcare was like the only societal problem that my heart was beating for. So I was like, okay, I should go into healthcare. I hadn't really decided that I should start my own company. So, but but later sort of did that just because I didn't find anything else that I thought could be as sort of scalable. So when I started Doctrine, I was so idealistic. I mean, much more than I am today because now I have a wife and a daughter, you know, more responsibilities. But then it was like the only thing that I was wanted to do was to you know, really save healthcare. So started this company, things went great. And then two and a half years in, a few doctors come up to me in the office and say, Magnus, we have been discussing amongst ourselves. We don't think you look well. Hmm. Uh, and we think you should go home. And um, so I went home, thought I would have like one week's of vacation. That one week turned into a seven-month-long sick leave for burnout syndrome. Jeez, I, I must say, working with doctors has its uh, benefits. Oh, yeah. 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 But, um, but, but a, quite a, I mean, quite a blow, I guess, to somebody who's at that stage driven by making it happen, getting the company going. So you know, those seven months, uh, how did they impact you? Oh, many different levels. I think ego took a big hit. Of course, like I'm weak, 
you know, the whole stigma around sort of mental health. Am I not strong enough? Am I not good enough? Mm. Like, you know, this high-flying CEO yeah. of this uh, successful startup invited to cool dinners with cool people that I didn't have a chance to meet before, and then suddenly not anymore. Yeah. And then, of course, just sort of the struggle to get back to where my brain would work again. Where my, you know, when you have sort of burnout syndrome, you know, you have a bunch of different symptoms. I had super sensitive hearing, so I couldn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even be, be out in a sort of silent restaurant because that the, the noise was too much. So just the struggle in getting back. So look, uh, you gave me goosebumps when you spoke about this feeling of being weak, because that's interesting for me. Uh, the, the the experience of sort of accepting our vulnerability as human beings is often our greatest strength. And uh, what what what's uh, really strong about your story is that you've come out of that experience and and set up Nudge Labs. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you hope Nudge Labs will make a positive change based on the experiences that you've had. So I think it started with sort of I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Yeah. So sort of like eliminating <clears throat> burnout because it is very common. I mean, even though you don't sort of necessarily see see it in 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 sort of the statistics in a company, yeah. because people tend to leave the company instead of going on sick leave because you know the health insurance in in many countries aren't that forgiving for for going on on, on sick leave. But then as I learned more about this topic, I realized that. You know, if you eliminate burnout, you solve a much bigger problem than just that. Because if you go from a 1% risk of burnout to zero, that means that you will also wake up feeling refreshed every morning. Yeah. You will feel energized. You will have energy to give to your partner and your kids when you come home from work. You have energy to meet your friends and socialize and, um, you know, do fun stuff for, over the weekend instead of just uh, recovering from, from, from work. Uh, you can come, t- I mean, today, according to the De- Deloitte report, 36% gets an improved well-being from work. Um, but if you sort of eliminate the risk of burnout, what's going, I mean, you at the same time, you also enable 100% of the people to get an improved well-being from work, right? Yeah. The knock-on effect yeah. is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier on about um, your daughter, 18-month-old Numi. And uh, I have a almost uh, well, just over two week old Ella, our third child at home, and this uh, this desire for us to be holistic human beings, mm. to be ever present parents, uh, to be the best leaders, business people that we can be, uh, and to be supportive partners as well. I mean, this holistic view. How, I mean, how does how does Nudge Labs work in terms of taking data and information and then helping people to be cognizant or conscious of that? Because I think this is such an important topic. Mm. And I think, I mean, first thing is that we have decided that we go through companies because companies have the money and they can sort of see the statistics and and basically get an ROI on it. And 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 that uh, that enables them to have to be the best vessel to sort of achieve this change. So what is it that we do? So we for the employees we have basically built a habit formation intervention. So if we, if we go to you, like, I mean, when, I, when, I, when we launch with a customer um, and I meet these hundreds or thousands of, of employees, I always ask like, the, the same three questions. Do you want to 
improve your well-being, regardless of sort of if you define well-being as energy or make, you know feeling good in your body. Or and most of people, most of the people want to do that. Then I ask, do you know what you need to do? Do you have a good idea yourself? What you need to do to improve your well-being? Everyone says, eighty uh, percent would say yes. And then I ask, are you doing? Are you nailing it? Are you doing the thing? As often as you would like, as good as you would like. I know my answer would be no. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. like everyone. Yeah. So we've just built this intervention that enables uh, you to do that. So the value for you as an individual is that you get to sort of increase your well-being. May that be waking up refreshed, uh, feeling healthier in your body, being a better partner, better father or mother for that matter. Um, and for the organization, I think yeah, we can come into that later, but I think the, the, the impact that we've had so far is just, it's just such a good business case for companies to take action on this. Uh, it's, it's just mind-boggling. But maybe we can dig into that if you don't mind. The, this idea of sustainable performance, you know, there's a big topic in, in organizations. Mm. Um, you know, what is your view in terms of that ability for companies to recognize their employees as whole people, you know, work with their, with their, with, the, with their people in that regard? Um, in, and how does that impact the retention and attraction of talent? I mean, it feels like that's the that's where the biggest battle and the biggest challenge for companies is bringing in the best talent and then keeping them. What are the challenges, though, that you might be facing? What are the obstacles in well, getting there? Well, I don't think we necessarily know yet because a lot of the date, a lot of the results. I mean, before we had these results, it was just about this is a new intervention. You know, it's um, it's a pretty comprehensive intervention, more you know, more comprehensive than perhaps employers are used to yeah. doing. I mean, most people, so many companies during COVID sort of released this meditation app and, it, you know, it's great that you can show that you care, but like three <laughs> to 5% of your employees are using it at max, you know, yeah. so, so it doesn't have an impact. I think many leaders might know theoretically that health is correlated with performance, but the business world is so used to sort of not take action on that. Yeah. You know, you can you can spend a lot of time on your sales goals, and when you do sort of capital investments, you spend a lot of time analyzing and, yeah. and you know doing business case. When it comes to sort of the people agenda, it's very seldom that you can have a business case because you you don't know what you're sort of doing it for. You have no metrics to 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 evaluate on. You know, it's the most important thing, like you said. You know, take action on you know the jargon that the people are the most valuable resource. Yeah. I think you're right. Moving beyond the jargon is really, really important yeah. for leaders. You know, one of the things I observed moving from South Africa to, to Sweden four years ago was that mental health is more uh, a topic that people speak about. Um, it's, it has less of the taboos that maybe other parts of the world have. I mean, what do, you, what do you think are the common myths or misunderstandings of stress and burnout, mental health? I can go to myself. Yeah, but specifically in the workplace, you know, I'm thinking... I think, I mean... You had doctors to come and speak to. I know. And like, I, I think, I mean, to be fair, before I had my burnout, I thought that strong people yeah. didn't have a burnout. That was like, honestly, that was my that was my view. And now, being into the space, I know that the ones who are most likely to have a burnout are the ones who are really engaged. Yeah. Harvard, Harvard Business Review had an article with a great headline. It was like, they say, if you love what you do, you're never going to work a single day in your life. 
it's also a recipe for burnout. Yeah. So I think that's one. Um, and I think also like when you just think about it as sort of mental health and stress, you sort of try, I think to some extent in your mind, you're isolating the problem to just a few. But like 64% of employees does not have a positive impact from work. You know, and two which thirds is, of two yeah. thirds of the yeah. workforce. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, work can be amazing. You have yeah. a community, right? You have purpose and a mission. You get creative stimulation. You can solve, you know, solving problems. You know, you can do the Sudoku, you know, at home, but like, yeah. uh, you there's know, nothing that beats the group no. coming up with a creative solution to a problem. And again, just coming back to the fact that, I mean, w- there have been so many studies showing that they've even done it on, 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 on um, equity prices and, and uh, shareholder value that companies who have, um, have a good process for taking care of their employees have, I don't remember the numbers, but like double the, 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 the share price development than compared to, to, to other companies. We have that data ourselves. Like there is a 0.4 correlation between well-being and uh, self-rated performance compared to your your own sort of normal normal uh, performance. And we can even see the same thing across employees. The potential is it's not just about mental health is a big is uh, you know, is a big problem, but I think many companies have solutions for that. But the opportunity is like to work with everyone. Yeah. And to get I mean everyone should have a positive you know well-being increase from work. Shouldn't that be the goal? You know, you you said something earlier on, which was that if we truly believe that people are our enduring advantage beyond the jargon, beyond and we and we start to measure the impact on our people of our decisions. I mean, we we do that already, by the way, as companies with the triple bottom line. We you know look at the profit, we look at sustainability, we look at social impact. But you know, are we really measuring the impact on our own people? Hmm. And if we sort of close the loop and say, well, you know, the by having truly engaged, passionate, fully uh, empowered people who love what they do, they're more likely to burn out. Yeah. Therefore, we need to protect those people because those are the people who are going to be driving the business forward. It feels like a, it feels like a, a loop that needs to be closed at some yes. stage. And it, it really feels like your experiences, the, the, the line of work that you're in, the business that you've started up, feels like it's at the right place at the right time. Well, I hope so. I mean, but I think I think we have an uphill battle on that. Uh, but but it's great that you mention engagement, right? Because many companies have these uh, employee engagement platforms, and you want to sort of increase engagement. But you know, if you if you do that in certain areas of your organization, you might you know increase burnout. So what what would be your top three tips uh, for, for how to avoid burnout, or at oh. least? You know, I guess that's a little bit superficial, the question. What I really mean is you've been through this, you're in, you're in the space, you're thinking about it. You know, I'm, I'm asking you personally, yeah, mm. uh, not just uh, because we're sitting in a podcast, mm. but you know, what should I be looking out for? You know, what are the things that I should, what are the warning signs? Well, I think, I mean, you know, you're, you're a business leader, right? You're part of the management team of the Absolute Company, yeah. right? So I think, I think the main tip, I think, to an organization or to a leader is like, don't measure employee engagement as just one variable, but see it as a matrix where you have engagement on one axis and well-being on the other. And it's only the people and the teams that have sort of high well-being and high engagement that are sort of in the learning zone or sustainable high performance zone. The people with high engagement and low well-being, they're, they're at risk of burnout. 
might not lead to sort of sick leave because they might just swap jobs instead because yeah. there's a chronic stressor that they just can't can't handle. And then, of course, the people in the low engagement and, and low well-being, they're, they're definitely going to leave because they have already probably been in the burnout zone and then been less less motivated. So, so I think that would be one uh, one thing. And then I think as a leader, my wife is also, she's also, a, she works in, in, in the people space. And one thing that I really think is so strong as a, to build as a leader and in a group is psychological safety. Yeah. And uh, I think authenticity is a part of that. You know, try to sort of take the ego out when entering sort of the business realm. I don't know if you've heard about that project at, at I mean, linking it also not just to well-being, but also to performance. Google had the project, I think it was called Aristotelist. They wanted to find out why are certain product teams more effective than, than others. They looked at a bunch of different variables, couldn't find anything. Then a new woman came in who introduced an, uh, a new hypothesis, which was psychological safety. Yeah. And it was the biggest determinant of high-performing teams. And it also reduces stress. And then as an individual, you know, that topic is, there are so many things. But at least from my data, I've seen, you know, sleep is like, if you protect your sleep, you know, it's the mo- most important thing you can do. For me, the stress that I have the hour before I go to bed has a 60 to 65% correlation with my sleep quality. You know, improving your sleep quality is, you know, sounds difficult, right? How do I do that? But if I were to ask you, how can you reduce your stress the hour before you go to bed? I'm pretty sure that you have a, you know, decent idea of, you know, probably not thinking about work. Yeah. Probably not going through your emails. Yeah. Probably you know. not having an argument with your partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Rather cuddle, mm-hmm. you know, um, reading a book rather than yeah. watching Netflix. Uh, perhaps not reading a workbook, but reading yeah. something and not the thriller or, a, you know, a Scandinavian noir crime, yeah. crime book. Neither. <laughs> it's a stress related to exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Magnus, what a, what a great, I mean, honestly, this conversation could carry on forever, but it's a, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Uh, Likewise. I'm really, really excited to, to hear what you're up to. And we'd love to engage with you more, uh, you know, on the subject of psychological safety in particular, but I wish you well. And um, I think for all of us, you know, receiving this conversation i hope it uh, i hope it prompts multiple conversations outside of the podcast uh, certainly i'll be taking some of this back to our office perfect uh, really great uh really great to speak with you i, I wish we had like another hour yeah likewise. i totally agree yeah pleasure Magnus. thank, thank you, you.